Amen. Thank you, Brother Sports. Open your Bibles, if you will, again to Ezra 7. Verse number 10 is our text verse. And so if you'll uh, put a, a marker of some kind there that you can uh, open your Bible uh, to this verse. It is such a joy to be in church today. It is such a blessing. I love church. i uh, always glad to have visitors. I met Pauline and Paula. Are you a daughter-in-law or a daughter? Daughter. And uh, she's listened to me on radio for a long time and uh, appreciate them being here and several folks I've met this morning. It's just good to be in the Lord's house. I'm glad that we're here. I'm going to preach this morning on this subject. Christianity is not a class for audit. Christianity is not a class for audit. You, you know what an audit class is? That's where you listen, but you don't take any assignments. You don't take any tests. Christianity is not a class for audit. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. Lord, the power of your word and the gospel is a power that changes lives. And Lord, we ask that you change us to make us more like you today. And I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, that we'd be a blessing and a help to each one that is here and our many good friends that are watching the program around the country today, I pray that you'd bless them. And Lord, so many of them we love and know and many of them we do not know, but we're thankful for the many who join us each service. And I pray that you'd bless them this morning in Jesus' name, amen. The Vietnam War Veterans Recognition Act was signed in 2017. It was signed by the 45th president, President Donald Trump. And he designated March 29 as the National Vietnam War Veterans Day uh, to be recognized each year. Today is uh, that day. We had at least 10 uh, Vietnam veterans in our Sunday school class uh, this morning. And we salute all of our veterans, but today we recognize those that served uh, specifically in that Vietnam War. 261 Vietnam veterans received the Medal of Honor. The Medal of Honor is the nation's highest military award for bravery. It is awarded by the president in the name of Congress. The Medal of Honor is one of the rarest military decorations awarded by any nation. And it is given to an officer or enlisted person that have distinguished themselves by heroic action above and beyond the call of duty. I was surprised that the number is so few considering the number of wars and veterans that we've had, but to date, there have been 3,525 Medal of Honors uh, given uh, to soldiers, all of them men, except one woman who received that medal uh, and served in the Civil War. It's interesting. The Medal of Honor recipient is an example to follow. Uh, as we read about them and we learn about them, and they have basically three areas that we learn from. Uh, we learn from their character. Uh, we're challenged by their bravery. 
and uh, we recognize their selflessness in serving others. There are other heroes who deserve recognition, and those are heroes of faith. Heroes of faith are those who have put their lives on the line not only for the glory of God first and foremost, but they give themselves that others may know of God and may know of a better life in Christ. Ezra would be one of my Medal of Honor recipients if I was giving or recommending a medal to be given. Ezra, though he is a minor prophet, meaning that his letter or message or book is much smaller than the major prophet's message are. Uh, Ezra was a tremendous leader that brought about one of the greatest revivals, not just spiritually, but in every aspect to the nation of Israel. Throughout the word of God, we find those who gave themselves that others may know. And I want to repeat that because we don't just honor these. We desire for them to be an example in our life. And so I say this again to say, you and I ought to have a relationship with God that is strong enough that we can be a blessing to somebody else. Are you with me this morning? Ezra, this book is written to explain how God stirred the heart of the king of Persia. Not a God-fearing man, not a Christian man of any category, but because the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and I'm like, I like to be reminded of that, uh, because of the heart of the king's in the hand of the Lord, the heart of the king of Persia, uh, gave a commission to the leader, uh, Ezra, of the Jews to carry out a mission. There were three missions carried out, uh, two of them in the book of Ezra, one in the book of Nehemiah. One was rebuilding the temple, the place of worship. Now, hear well, though this is not the sermon, what I'm saying, I'm not wasting time as I lay the foundation for the message. Ezra said, if we're going to have a revival in the land, we better start with the temple. If America's ever going to have a revival all the way down to the economy, it's going to begin with our return of a relationship to God Almighty and our worship of God. When folks got time to do everything and go everywhere except go to God's house and worship God, you got a major problem in America. It's a shame that Dwight D. Eisenhower, as a president, preached a stronger message about being faithful to church than the average preacher does today. And that's not the sermon, and I'll stop that rabbit trail right there and back to the book of Ezra. Ezra led in the rebuilding of the temple, and this book is a book of difficulty. He faced opposition in every way imaginable. Uh, they were threatened. Uh, sometimes uh, they were jailed. Sometimes they lost what they had. Uh, sometimes they got discouraged. In fact, that little book of Haggai comes into play. Uh, when the folks got so discouraged, after laying the foundation, they stopped building the temple. And Haggai preached a message and said, How is it that you can live in your sealed houses? A sealed house is one that has not just a foundation, but the roof on it. They're living in it. He said, how can you live in your sealed house and the house of God lieth waste? Uh, you need to get back. And they said, it's dangerous. He said, I know it's dangerous, but get down there and build the house. And so they did. And under the leadership of Hezekiah, uh, they rebuilt the temple. Now, uh, now, I said Hezekiah, Ezra. Ezra 
is a man of grand success. And I want to show you in one verse five steps to the success of Ezra. And they're very simple to find. I want you to see them uh, in the message today. And uh, Ezra would be one of my Medal of Honor recipients. He's a man I don't want to just praise. He's a man I want to emulate, a man I want to learn from. So let's look at the verse again. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. The first thing I want us to see is Ezra's heart. I want you to see Ezra's heart. Here's what the Bible said. And Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Ezra is not following his feelings. He is not following his flesh. He is not following what he wants to do, but he recognizes there's a need in the land of Israel. Somebody has to seek the Lord, and while he desired to seek the Lord or not, he prepared his heart to seek the Lord. You know, being in church will help you to like and love church more. Reading the Bible will help you to read the Bible more. I want you to notice the Bible didn't say his heart was toward the law of the Lord. The Bible said he prepared his heart. The word prepared means to be fitted. It means to be uh, adjusted or made to fit. He prepared his heart to, to seek the Lord. And, and I want us to see that first of all this morning. You may say, I don't like church. Well, you need to do whatever you, you can do to help yourself like church. You, you may say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't much enjoy reading the Bible. Well, you need to do whatever it takes to prepare your heart to seek the Word of God. That's what the Bible is saying. This is not something that came natural to Ezra. This is something he decided or he prepared his heart to do. Uh, the Bible says this in Psalm 37, verse number 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23, the Bible says this, Keep thy heart with all dil diligence. D don't let your heart do what it wants to do. We, we can't follow what we feel. We have to follow what's right. Somebody say amen right there. Now, now, we keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I hear folks say, well, he's trying to find himself. I'll tell you where he'll end up. He'll end up on the path of destruction. He's just trying to figure out what he wants to do in life. I'll tell you where he'll end up. He'll end up on the path to destruction. I'm not trying to figure out what's going to happen in life. I'm trying to follow a plan that God has for my life. And so he prepared his heart to seek the Lord, his heart. Second of all, I want you to notice his hunger. Second of all, I want you to notice his hunger. The Bible said, for Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Now, he said... I need the law of God. I need to know what's right and wrong. Would you agree that we need to know what's right and wrong? We live in a world where you can listen to 10 different newscasts and they'll say 10 different things. Sometimes we're confused because we don't know who to believe and what to believe. I know I can believe that book. I mean, you don't have to be a biologist to define the word female. You can just look in the Bible and God will tell you what it is. lady asked her husband this week, says, is it raining outside? He said, I don't know, I'm not a meteorologist, but anyway. 
Oh, we've got to get back to the sermon here. I, I, my mind's drifting this morning. Ezra knew that this is truth. This is right. The Bible tells me what's right. The Bible tells me what's wrong. You and I ought to decide that we need to know what is right in life, what is wrong, and we need to seek the law of the Lord. Now, folks, we'd rather, our flesh had rather listen to music. Our flesh had rather fellowship. Our flesh had rather do what is fun to do. But the Bible said of Ezra, he developed, he decided, he prepared his heart to have a hunger for the law of God. We need to read the word of God with a hunger. We're to prepare our hearts to seek the law of the Lord, to seek to hear truth. I've told you often the story of the preacher of yesteryear, uh, B.R. Lakin, uh, after the preaching, and B.R. Lakin was a wonderful preacher, a powerful and a funny preacher. I enjoyed hearing him. He's in heaven. He said uh, one night after the service, a lady came to him, and she said, uh, Mr. Lakin, I'll have you know, I didn't get anything out of your sermon today. He said, did you bring anything to get something in? Most of the time, we don't get anything out because we're not trying to get anything out. We're just trying to get out. Mark it off our list. I went to church. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. He hungered for righteousness. Lester Roloff said when he was a boy, uh, growing up in South Texas, he said, I remember Mama would throw open the screen door and she'd step out and she'd say, Lester, and she'd... <clears throat> Uh, yell for all the boys that were out there playing and she would say, Lester, it's time for supper. He said, sometimes I would say, Mama, I ain't hungry. And he said, when I told Mama I ain't hungry, she would say, you've been down to the candy store again, haven't you, Lester? The average Christian today is not hungry for Sunday school because they're full of the candy of the world. I did come to preach this morning. I hope you came to hear preaching today. So often we come to church not hungry for the things of God because we're full of the junk food of the world. We're full of everything on television and the internet and cell phone and entertainment and sports and pleasures and there's not anything <clears throat> wrong in and of these things uh, in a balance of life but when they take away our hunger for the truth of God, uh, dear friend, they're wrong in that area. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Mark chapter 4. I want you to see something here. We're talking about Ezra's hunger for the law of God. We see his heart. He prepared his heart. It wasn't uh, natural uh, that his heart uh, would seek the Lord. It wasn't natural. Uh, so he prepared his heart to, to seek the Lord. And he prepared his heart to hunger for the law of God. I want to know what God says in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I want to know what the law is. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 4 and verse number 19, uh, the Bible says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. You know one of the most deceitful things about riches is riches promise to make you happy. Riches promise to secure you, and they do neither. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke what? They choke the word, and it 
becometh unfruitful. Now, the word of God is not unfruitful unless these things happen. It takes away the fruit or the value of the word of God. Ezra prepared his heart. You ought to spend some time preparing your heart for the church service before you come. The things more important than our hair and our clothes and our and and our, our bodies, and it's important that we shower and clean, and I understand that, but there ought to be some time preparing our heart to seek the law of God. So we see the heart and we see the hunger. I want you to notice the third thing, this most exciting word in the Bible to me, Ezra's hope. Hope. I love the word hope in the Bible. Now the word hope in the Bible uh, is not a wish but it is a hope. I'll explain. Ezra's hope was in the law of the Lord. Now, I want you to see that he came for the law of God. He came for the very purpose of what we're doing right now, opening the word of God, looking at it, and saying, what is it that I need to do in my life that the word of God says? The Bible said he hungered or he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. I enjoy the music of church. I really do enjoy it. But that's not the main reason that I come. I love the fellowship. I enjoy it. I like to see you. I, I, I like to shake your hand. I like to speak to you. I like to talk to you and see what's happened in the week. I enjoy the fellowship. That's not the main reason I come. Don't come to church to see or be seen. We do come to church to hear what the Word of God says. Give us something from the Word of God. I went to preach a funeral Thursday. For great Anise, I led them to Christ in 1996 and baptized them. They were from Hazard. She was 81 when she passed. He's 83, Brother Harold is. When I got there Thursday, I'd already talked to him on the phone, and he had told me what she wanted in the funeral. He told me Thursday when I got there, he said, one thing I forgot to tell you, and he said, Greta wrote here what she wanted in her funeral. She wanted you to sing Beulah Land. I said, that's a mistake. She didn't, she didn't mean to put that in there. And, and, and he said, no, she wanted you to sing. And I told the folks, I don't sing because I can. I sing because I can't help it. I don't, I don't ever sing. I lead you in singing. I, ju I just like to lead you in singing. So I told him, I said, when I get to heaven, Greta and I are going to have a conversation about what she wrote on that piece of paper. I said, and if I sang, you would ask her. You would say, I know why you had him preach your funeral, but why in the world did you ask him to sing? And so I told the folks, I said, you and I are going to sing together, Beulah Land, so we did. But the purpose is not the singing. The purpose is the law of God. And, 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 and the Bible says our hope is in the law. Let me read this verse to you. You turn your Bibles to Psalm 119 right in the center of your Bible, right in the center of your Bible, Psalm 119. I'll be there in a moment. 1 Corinthians 121, the Bible says this, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know what I'm doing this morning? I'm preaching the word of God. What made Ezra the success that he was? First of all, he prepared his heart. Second of all, he had a hunger. Third of all, he found a hope in the word of God. Look at Psalm 119, verse 49. Verse 49. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. I want you to notice that his hope was in the word. Look at verse 81. I'm giving you three or four examples out of 25. Psalm 119, verse 81. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. 
Look at Psalm 119, verse 114. Same chapter, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Colossians 1, 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth and the gospel. Let's put this together. First of all, we see his, his heart. He prepared his heart to seek the law of God. Second of all, we see his hunger. His hunger was for the law of God. Why? Because his hope was in the word. Now what does that mean? Hope being in the word. Now the word hope is not a wish or I, I, I just, I hope this happens, I wish this happens. Hope in the Bible is an assurance not knowing how or when God is going to help us. Uh, Psalm 78, the Bible said that we ought to so live our lives that our children would put their hope in the Lord. The Bible says this, that the Lord Jesus' return is our blessed hope. Now, we know Jesus is coming back. We don't know when. That's why it's referred to as hope, our blessed hope. We believe he's coming back. We don't know when. Now, what's he saying by the word of God being his hope? He said this, I don't know how God's going to do what he promised to do. I don't know when God is going to do what he promised to do, but I know he is. My hope is in his word. Now, we serve a God that doesn't show us the way, but we serve a God that makes a way. There's a great big difference in that. Children of Israel got to the Red Sea. They said there is no way across, and that is true. There was no way. So what they do? They called out to God their hope. I don't know how God's going to save us, but I know he is. You know what he did? He parted the waters, and they walked across on dry land. Now, here Ezra is saying, I prepared my heart to hunger for the word, and the word of God is my hope. Let me give you the fourth thing. There's only 26. Number four, Ezra's holiness. Ezra's holiness. One of the most powerful parts of this verse is, I want you to see it, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of God, that's his hunger, the law of the Lord is his hope. And then notice these words, and to do it. He didn't read the word of God to know it. He read the word of God to do it. He didn't read the word of God to change it. He read, he read the word of God for the word of God to change him. Now, dear friend, that's what holiness is. He did not prepare his heart to seek the law of the Lord just to know it, but he sought the word of God to allow the word of God to change him and to do it. James said this, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I ask you the question this morning. What have you read last in the Bible that you did. I didn't ask what you read last that you remembered. I didn't ask what you read last that you memorized. What did you last read that you did? The Bible is not a book of facts and figures to know. It's a cookbook to follow. It is a book to do. Ezra said, I don't want to just know about God's holiness I want to do what God's doing. 
I, I don't want to just know about righteousness. I want to be righteous. Ezra did not seek the law of the Lord for it to be a resource book or a matter of fact. He sought the law of the Lord to do it. Here's the title of the message. He didn't sign up to audit the class. He didn't say, now I want to come to class. Now I don't really want to be committed. I don't want to take a test. I don't, I don't want to have to do the assignments. I just want to listen. There's not a whole lot of learning that goes on in class audits. We've never had a graduation for those who audited 128 hours. Never had a graduation for audits. Now listen to me. I'm going to preach to you right here. Too many Christians are trying to audit Christianity. They want to know about God. They want to observe God. They want the blessings of God. They don't want to sign up for any responsibility. They don't want the change that Christianity makes. They don't want the challenges that Christianity gives. They don't want the charges that God gives in Christianity. And furthermore, they don't want the Christ of Christianity. They want the benefits. But I want you to know this morning, Ezra never successfully led in the rebuilding of the temple until he first sought the law of the Lord that he would obey it in his life. He did not become a teacher to others until he became an obedient student in his own life. And you'll not rear your children to love God, mom and dad, until you learn to love God. You'll not, uh, uh, you'll not uh, teach your children to obey Christ unless you obey Christ. Christianity is not for audit. It's for taking in our life. That brings me to the last point, Ezra's harvest. The rest of the book is about his harvest. When your hope is in the law of the Lord, you're going to reap a harvest. When you let God change your life, here's what we want to do. We want to pick and choose Christianity. I'll do this and this, but no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I want this. You know what Ezra did? He said, I just want whatever God's law says. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change. I'm going to do it. And as I do it, the Bible says, here's what happened. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. You know what America wants? They want a revival without a return to walking with God. Most talk about revival in America as a reference to the blessings of a good economy. But God said if you want real revival, that begins with you doing right and living right and walking right. I thank the Lord for the Ezra's that I have learned from in life. I'm thankful for those that have taught me the ways of the Lord. In the seventh and eighth grade, 1977-1978, my Sunday school teacher was a man named Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson was a foot soldier in Vietnam. He was teaching our Sunday school class less than 10 years from the time he served in Vietnam. I remember him telling stories of being in a reconnaissance group of 10 men. And he said, one time of the 10, I was the only one that returned. And as he told about having to walk in Vietnam and had to be careful where every step they took 
because of the booby traps and all the different things that they had rigged to kill the American soldiers. And as he told that story, he opened the Bible to Ephesians chapter 6 and he said it's the same way in our life in spiritual warfare. The devil is trying to trick you. The devil is trying to trap you. And you have to be careful of every single step. There were times that he would bring a uniform or, or the clothes like he wore when he was in the jungles in Vietnam. And he would show us how different pieces of, of, uh, of armory and uh, artillery was used to live and survive and then to win in the various battles. He said you have to take the word of God and apply it to your life if you're going to uh, win in spiritual warfare. Ezra said, I want to learn the law of God so I can teach the law of God. Ezra led in the rebuilding of the temple. Israel had a grand revival, national revival, a rebuilding of the nation. Why? Because they began with the temple. Where did, it, where did that begin? One man preparing his heart to have a hunger for the law of God, and that hunger of the law was his hope. Dear friend, as he hoped in that, he came to the place of holiness and a harvest in his life. I ask you a question. Are you preparing your heart to know what God says? Here's a question folks say in confusion. I just don't know what we're going to do. May I offer a suggestion. Let's walk with him. If there's a way out, he is the way out. Stand with me, if you will, this morning. Preparing our heart to hunger for a hope in the law that produces not only a holiness in my life, but a harvest of many that will follow. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. If you're here as a Christian, you enjoy the benefits and blessings of Christianity, may I ask you to take yet another step and prepare your heart to hunger for the law of God. A hunger that would produce a holiness, but would in turn produce a harvest of good things in other people. Heavenly Father, our nation is in dire need today. Sometimes it is so wrong and wicked and bad that we joke or we laugh about it. It is hard for us to imagine a judge that is a candidate for Supreme Court that will not define a simple word. The promotion of wickedness on every hand, and we know it's wrong. Lord, sometimes we see no hope. And then we come back to the word of God and we find the thing that brought revival to a nation before is what will bring revival to a nation again. So may we prepare our hearts to seek your word. Bless our invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. He